Idaho doesn't need much help to make exploring the outdoors amazing, but Volkswagen of Boise is great about lending a helping hand. Their lineup of vehicles makes it easy to get the most out of exploring eateries across the valley in a Jetta, visiting the distant lands of eastern and northern Idaho in a Tiguan, or finding that one last secret camping hideaway in an Atlas Sport. Volkswagen has an accessory for every adventure. If you're not sure which option is best for your trip, their non-commissioned sales team will guide you down the right path at the right time for you. Come in anytime to see how Volkswagen of Boise can help you maximize your Idaho experience. Volkswagen, engineered to be helpful. For more info, go to www.volkswagenofboise.com. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Welcome back to the conversation. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. And thank you, thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with us. We have a lot of fun doing this, and we hope that you do too. Natalie, we were going to actually podcast on a separate topic, talking about lessons learned this past year and kind of our, uh, I don't want to call them resolutions for this next year, but I think that we'll save that for the next episode. But I was curious because you're a little bit um, discombobulated tonight, and I thought that, it was, that it's a topic worth discussing and kind of giving a little bit of insight to in this day of social media and us as a species learning how to deal with it and how to use it responsibly, there's a lot of failure and a lot of fallout and a lot of opportunity too. And you've made your career out of being, you know, a quote unquote influencer, mm-hmm. but I, maybe it's being so close to you for so long. I see the, I see the positive and then I see the negative too. And I think that it'd be fascinating for other people to understand or have a glimpse behind the curtain of what your job is like. I get to hear a little bit of it from people sometimes that say, oh my gosh, your wife has the best job. She does this, she does that. And I think, yeah, she does do all these fun things, but you're not seeing all the back of house that has to happen or that she has to deal with in order to put on this forward facing image of what happens. So I thought that we, we could talk about being an influencer and what that really looks like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, so we were not going to talk about this. I think there just happened to be some stuff that happened just like in the last half an hour that kind of like, it puts me in a weird place. It kind of, it gets me low. And, and so, yeah, maybe that's the right time to talk about it because it's definitely not the thing people... I, uh, I guess imagine I think I try to be open about it and I try to be transparent but I don't know if everyone really gets it but okay no I'm sure that everybody doesn't get it but um and I hate to start on a negative note but I think that it's I don't know it's pertinent it's as good as almost anything and I know that eventually we'll we'll get to the f- fun positive things but um first what do you think of the term influencer how do you feel about that <clears throat> well I, it's funny because I'm writing a book right now and I'm literally talking about what I think about that word because um, you, there are people who have influence in social media. Um, as a my friend Franny actually mentioned on our last pod, or a podcast I did with her, everyone has influence on social media. But there's some people who have large amount of influence on social media and had that been the term and that what, if that's what that had always meant, that would have been a fine um a definition. Um, but then there was a development where we moved from blogging, which is where I spent the first decade of social media, and we moved into Instagram. And um, it took on a different term. So now it's really, it's, it's, I think most people see it as a negative term of someone who's really trying to promote themselves, uh, basically. Um, it's a lot about popularity, um, getting the algorithm to like you, to go viral. It's a big, I would say most people think of an influencer as someone who's trying to be popular on social media, but uh, there's just not a word. I call myself a social media, uh, wait, what do I call myself on my profile? Um, sorry, I'm a little discombobulated right now. Um, I call myself a social media public figure um, because that's, I guess, more than more what I'm trying to do. I don't really care about being viral. That actually is a actually kind of a pain when you go viral uh for I mean there's there's I could talk about this stuff for a long time I mean I've been working in social media for 15 years so um I think anyway that, I don't love accurate. that word but 
I think it's a very accurate description of what most people think when they hear it. I think that the term influencer has been co-opted by people that are doing exactly what you said, trying to be popular, trying to sell themselves, um, make a business of themselves, and be popular on social media. Mm -hmm. And which is so funny because I think that that is nothing like your motivation when you got started. You, oh, you, no. you talked about starting in blogging and then transitioning from blogging into the social media. Uh, a lot of people may know this. Some people may not know this. I mean, obviously, I think that anybody who's here has heard of Hello Meridian. Mm -hmm. They know what you do. They're probably here because of you know, you uh, promoting the podcast through that medium. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that a lot of people know about how you got started and why you got started when we came here to the Valley. <laughs> sure. Tell a, a little bit of that story about your, your track to get here. Uh, sure. And um, so I started blogging um, in 2000 and uh, 2007 um, basically a stay-at-home mom kind of losing my mind, and I started blogging like everyone else. Actually, not like everyone else. Um, everybody was doing these um, emails to their friends and family because Facebook wasn't really a cool thing yet, and it got cool, and then it obviously is not cool anymore. But um, then... My grandma thinks it's cool. Yeah, so does my grandma. My grandma gets in trouble on it, too. <laughs> um, bad grandmas. <laughs> do we not have a movie called Bad Grandma? I think we do. We have bad moms. I we should have. Let's watch. We've that. got Bad Santa. I think that there's a grandpa one. Sorry. I Oh, there's I, definitely a bad grandpa. Anyway, so um so I then all of a sudden there was a shift to blogging and I was super bugged about it actually. My first blog post ever, um, which now I look back and I'm like, I was really ahead of my times, but I took a picture of like a selfie of me in bed with the like covers over my head, like I don't want to do this. But apparently this is what we're supposed to do. And that started a very like unexpected nine-year career in blogging as a mommy blogger with like national sponsors and really I just wrote very vulnerably about motherhood and um, how wonderful it was and how awful it was and and I was starting to see um, some really um, negative cultural situations where we're not really supporting moms in a way that it sets them up for success permanently and and so I just kind of wrote like that and that wasn't really done a lot um it was just a newer thing now everyone's used to like s extreme transparency and authenticity but that just wasn't a thing so I ended up that grew really relatively fast I think that people that are mm -hmm. under 30 or 35 they have no recollection of what the medium was back then how did you get uh, your voice out and how did you share your experience before social media became a thing it was exactly that it was it was blogging yeah. people can hardly remember that now because now social media is the way I mean it's the dominant way to get your voice out and I'm sure that, that people still have blogs but um, I don't know that blogs are as maybe in my world I could just say that it's not as dominant as social media well, the attention spans, uh, and I can go on forever about this, but attention spans have gone have diminished. So yes, there are blogs that people just don't really have the attention span to 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 pay attention. Um, so what was nice about that time was basically if you made good content, you were going to be heard because there was no red tape like an algorithm that was controlling it. So people would just share like, "Hey, I bet you'd love this," and then you just grew, and that was really cool because. I mean, I went from a few hundred to like thousands in just a few, you know, just I just had some pertinent um, blog posts that were like shared nationally and then um, it grew really fast. Mm -hmm. So I did that for nine years and then I had a relatively um, uh, traumatic birth with our third mm -hmm. um, and I lost the use of my right hand for a couple months just from the shock and trauma. That was 2013, so we would have been here in the Valley for almost three years. Mm -hmm. So I was still blogging. So we blogged in Tennessee, and then we moved here um, coming on 13 years ago. And I was still blogging, um, but I was starting to get pretty disillusioned by it because Instagram had taken over, and I did not like Instagram because Instagram was all about photos, and I was a writer, and I was not a photographer. Um, I mean, I took okay photos, but I was not a photographer. And so I um, I was kind of already just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I lost the use of my right hand um, 
because of the trauma of this C-section that kind of went awry, which is a, a, another story. Nerve damage and yeah, and all stuff. just lots of trauma. So I just decided to stop and like really pretty cold turkey. I, I updated a couple things, but I just stopped blogging. Um, and then a couple years later, a local company found out I was here and asked me if I would come do their social media and help them start. And I was so scared <laughs> to do it. But then I was like, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this. And then I started getting more clients and then I started getting bigger clients. And then I suddenly had a social media management company. And then I decided, um, it's, this is just summarizing this so quickly, but um, I was actually mentoring someone else, actually a group of people about social media management companies and they're starting them. And I thought, um, what if I started a local comp or, well, actually I forgot the, the first thing was I pitched it to that real estate lady who wanted something new that would totally put her above the et, like put her beyond. And I had the, I don't know if you remember this, but yep. I had this like whole pitch for her of like, if you started this page, it was called like life in the eight, three, six, four, six or something. Cause she wanted to be right there. Cause that's where like the money was or something. And it was basically a pitch for Hello Meridian. I said I'd run it for for $600 a month. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, Working for her. Working right? for her. It yeah. would be her name, but I would be updating it with what's going on in town and other businesses and similar to what I'm doing now. And she didn't buy it. She didn't. And I was devastated. And um, then when I was doing this mentor thing with these women, I gave them this idea. And I'm like, dude, I could do that. I should do that. And we were just all sitting around, and my friend Sabrina, I was like, what should we call it? And she's like, what about, like, Sea Meridian or Look Meridian or Hello Meridian? I'm like, that's it. <laughs> and I made the logo that night, and I had 2,000 followers within a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's how that started. Yeah. Is that, a, is that too too long of a summary? Mm -mm, it's already there. <laughs> that's good. Okay. <laughs> um, I... I get asked a lot from people at work how mm -hmm. you've grown your career to what it is. Mm -hmm. How did you start? When did you start monetizing it? And when did it look like something that could be monetized? Because in the beginning, I don't think I remember it that being the intention. No, the intention was to um, send traffic to, I had like 12 pages I was running and some of them were very large. And I grew these individual companies' pages to really, they were they were substantial, and I did so much of that through Hello Meridian. Is basically, I was writing about other businesses, and then I'd make sure to throw in my sponsor. They're the people who were paying me. And then um, I think it was like four months before I did my first like sponsored piece. It was like a coffee shop, um, and then it just started going. But I did not show my face. Um, it was not an influencer page for the first two years because there's a difference between um, so. Social, there's social media pages, and then there's influencer pages. And all influencer pages are social media pages, but not all social media local social media pages are influencer pages. So basically, if, um, if someone sold their page and someone else took over their page and you wouldn't notice, that is not an influencer page. Um, if, if Hello Meridian went to someone else, there would not be a single person who would not know that it changed hands. Yeah, because currently you're on it so prominently. Yeah, and yeah. also I run it that way. But it in is the beginning, it wasn't like that at all. In no, I wanted it to be scalable and to, to be able to sell it if I wanted to. And I re remember how conscientious you were about not being on it. And uh, this wasn't about you. This was about the area. And it was a great area. We'd fallen in love with it by that time and just thought, man, this is... And I remember talking to a lot of people, a lot of our friends and, you know, neighbors and people that had been here in Idaho for, for a long time and they hadn't explored their state and they'd hear about the stuff that we were doing and think, oh my gosh, I've lived here for 20 years and I've never done that. And I thought, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. um, I don't know where I was well, going. Well, no, it's, it's cool. So yeah, it was just like two years and yeah, I just was kind of showing where I was going, um, and, um, starting to kind of build relationships with people but it was, it was really more about food and, um, I mean, it's what it was now, but it just without my face. Mm -hmm. I remember like one of the landmarks was when you started getting offered free, free dinner at some of these places. <laughs> yeah. Like we that was like, a big what? deal. It was, yeah. I thought, wait, we get to go out to dinner, but we don't have to pay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Still had to pay for tip. 
Yeah, we still pay for it. You always, just in case if you're out there and you're like wanting to be an influencer, you always oh. pay tip and you need to pay like at least 25%. The golden rule. You always tip gracious. Uh, yeah. Generously. No matter. Yeah. So that's just, I've, no, I've noticed that people have asked me that. Too. Well, I'm kind of there working. To, yes, you are always paying tip. Always tip. Um, yep. So yeah. So then um, I had some, um, I never really planned on showing my face. Um, and then I, I start, I, I showed my page, I showed my face, I don't know, do you even, do you want me to go into why I started putting my face on the page, or why it transitioned? Briefly, I think that it's marginally important, but. um. Marginally important? So I'll give you a marginally important answer. Yeah. Uh, well, one, someone was pretending to be Hello Meridian, because no one really knew who it was, and so it was this guy, like, selling weird ad space, which was weird, like, on his own thing. Um, but also I had like something kind of traumatic happen in my personal life where someone was just saying really awful things about me and, um, it was pretty traumatic, like lost my entire basis of friends and, um, really started to see how cruel, um, like a neighborhood or people could be. It was just a really awful time. And I, I kind of felt like I had two choices. I could kind of lay in bed and slink away and cower cower or i could just explode into every crevice of this town and become powerful and show that you know you can't use um immaturity and um i was not going to allow people who were intimidated or whatever to to make me small and so i put my started putting my face on the page and then then it just went crazy because as we've learned now, we just didn't know is that when you have a face behind something, it is just so much better for engagement. And then the pages got, there, got bigger. There was a while after you did that that I was really hesitant because I didn't like the the exposure and the exposure to like somebody who I cared about being out there and then how it uh, sometimes trickled into our family. I thought, I don't like that, but um, I... I eventually picked it up, the value of having a face. People do want to connect with a person or a personality. And I think that yours was a great one to put out there. Yeah, I'm shocked, actually, how far you came. I didn't think you would. Like, the fact we have a podcast is insane. The fact you have an Instagram page. I know, right? I mean, and, like, a big one. Nice job on that, by the way. I've leaned in. 20,000 followers on your Idaho page. Thank you. I mean, you make fun of me a little bit on it, but that's fine. Um, but um, yeah, like uh, there was opportunities for a much bigger mission, and like a mission that I value so much that I need. I, I just that just drove me. So I see. I my recollection, of course, this is through the lens of time, but I saw a couple of things happening uh, happening simultaneously. There was the popularity of the page. There was the interest from businesses. And then there were the philanthropic endeavors. There was the genuine community good that started growing from some of these things. But it was all three of those things happened kind of about the same time. Like they started growing at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I remember thinking how interesting how they feed off of each other, how people flock and gravitate towards this page that really does focus on this amazing community and the positive parts of it and highlighting all these amazing small businesses. I cannot, what, what count would you give as far as new businesses that you featured over the course of Hello Meridian? Oh my gosh. How many hundreds or thousands? I, I have, well, I, has it been a thousand? A thousand businesses? Oh yeah. Easy. I mean, I have, I think 3000 posts. Uh, maybe not a thousand. I don't know because I do tons of stories that like of just places I've That's gone. That's right, stories. I didn't even count. So count like, um, yeah. I mean, it's just you it's have so featured. Many. <laughs> I can't believe how many people that you featured. Which people want to know that. People want. I think that people want to invest in their community. And so, yeah, I think it's just your niche is an obvious um, magnet for people. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, my assistant Melissa. I gave her the assignment to. Um, <laughs> to catalog every post I've done for a business. It took her three months, like, to go through six years. Um, but, yeah, it was a – it was a – yeah, it's a lot. So it's that. So I do that. And then there's also um, – 
there's good things happening. There's events, there's music, um, there's parks, and then there's also a side thing, which I found is extraordinarily valuable, is that um, somebody who speaks about their real experience, you know, where, however it is, but mine happens to be in Idaho, and I'm a mom and an Idahoan, and I see things we're struggling with as a state, things I'm struggling with, um, issues that we're struggling in social media, um, and then, you know, the, the div div um, divisiveness in politics here and, like, just the hatred. And, and I just don't think that this generation has the tools yet to handle social media in general. I just think we... I think that as a species, we haven't learn how to use it yet. Yeah. I, yeah. I think in a couple generations we'll look back and, and honestly we'll just be shocked, but we're the first generation who has been given the entire world and we have no red tape. And some of that is awesome. And some of that has led to some really, really awful behavior. And so it's a scary place to call that behavior out, but um, we're never going to get better if we don't learn how to be respectful and tolerant and kind in this new platform. So I kind of want to get there eventually about how you speak about these types of things that can be polarizing. Um, Cause you do dabble in that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of you for how you handle yourself in talking about some of these potentially divisive issues, but maybe first let, let, let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, first of all, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on, um, some of the downsides. Like, let's talk about exposure and privacy. Okay, exposure and privacy, just like in general? Like, yeah. in, in the, well, I'll stray straight up, I wouldn't recommend this <laughs> to um, most people. You're gonna have to sell that to all these youngsters that think that being an influencer is the awesome the hot thing. Well, I'm not saying it's not on a national level, and I was a national, um, lifestyle blogger. I had, um, you know, as I mean, I had a lot of followers. I only got recognized a couple times though, um, because my followers weren't really in Tennessee. So I might be in an airport, mm -hmm. but being a local influencer on a town as small as Boise, um, it is, I have made it a new place. It is, um, I feel very exposed. Um, I, I'm aware that that I'm never just, I don't know how to explain this because I, I don't want to sound like it's cocky because it's not a cocky thing. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm not just on this page. I'm on you know the podcast. I'm on tons of other pages. I run a lot of stuff. And so there aren't a lot of people who are under the age of like 50 who probably haven't seen something I'm involved in. And um, but you've intentionally done that. You've put yourself in the community. Yeah, this is totally by choice. But sometimes well, you do things you don't realize the consequences of it. And, and it's just that um, I'm just, I, I don't have a lot of anonymity. And I find myself, like today, we're at an Airbnb um, because I just want to be in quiet and where no one sees me. And, um, yeah. and you know, that can be, that can be hard. I think that people will look at what we do and maybe listen to some of this conversation and think, oh, pity the poor fools that have to deal with all these wonderful things. And um, But I think that the point of this is to say, yeah, there are some awesome things that have come of it. And uh, we've had an amazing life and awesome experiences getting to know so many wonderful people. That is the highlight that I've seen. But it's hard. There's some stuff that is challenging for me. The anonymity is a big thing. Why, what's challenging for you? Uh, I guess that I, more out of sympathy, like sometimes people will walk up to me, and I remember when it first started a couple of years back, oh, you're Hello Meridian's husband. Do you remember like, what happened in McCall I was last like, summer? What? It's Hello Meridian and Shane. <laughs> it was so awesome, like across the restaurant. I love being your sidekick. Yeah, but... Um, I, re I thought if people are walking up to me, they've got to be talking to you all the time because you're the person. Like, I'm just the sidekick. I'm just on your page every now and again. Mm -hmm. But you're on it a lot more frequently. People know you. And so, and that's what I've noticed uh, being out in the community with you is that people act like they know you. And that's 
And that's interesting. That's like a double-edged sword for me because I think it's awesome that you've built this intimacy mm-hmm. um, without really knowing them. But it's also kind of odd because I think that, that it comes with some other baggage too. Sure. And the thing is, is I love it when people come and say hi. And like, I'd love to, oh, I, I yeah, I, I recognize your handle. Like, I love all that. Like, at the same time, it just puts a lot of pressure on me to um, always be acting right, looking right. Like, anytime I could take a selfie. Um, but on the other side, before I started doing this, uh, I don't know if you remember, like, how, <laughs> I'm sure you do, how hard it was for us to find uh, like-minded friends. Mm-hmm. And when I say like-minded, I mean open, um, thoughtful people who like to have a good conversation. Like, that shouldn't doesn't seem to be too hard, but at that point... Um, people we, that are willing to have their beliefs challenged. Yes, and... Um, you know, we were at that point, we were still really involved in religion and we would look for friends within our religion and um, at work, your work. And we remember we would make goals of how often we invite people over trying mm-hmm. to test people. And we were just so um, I just remember thinking this is never going to happen. And it, ironically, though, our closest friends, we actually did meet through church. Um, they're no longer in that church either. But um, but now we have such a full, vibrant, beautiful friend group of like incredibly diverse friends, but also one of my very favorite things, if not like the very favorite thing is that I bring like some of these people and then they meet each other and like then they become their own friends because people who like to talk and who are interested and interesting gravitate to each other, even if they are totally different. And it's been so fun for me to start like almost collecting friends and like you should be friends with them. And and there's some people who they hang out by themselves like all the time. It doesn't, I'm like, peace out because I know what it was like needing that. And so knowing there are people who are, who are wanting those kind of connections, that that's like my very favorite thing. And I feel so full from the people I meet and, and being around so many business owners and entrepreneurs, like there's a certain kind of person who's an entrepreneur and usually they're just pretty rad. So yeah. I've loved that part. Is it hard to deal with all the dick pics? <laughs> um, well, random. Um, there was that one. Um, Didn't the guy put his junk in a shoe? <laughs> like in an open high heel shoe? <laughs> And the fact that it went from heel to toe, I'm not going to lie, that's pretty impressive, okay, oh but also gosh. gross. Okay, yes. That was hilarious. So, um, so what is, <laughs> man, talk about a psychology that I don't know. Un- yeah, so this guy put his entire penis into like this, you could tell it was large. I don't know how he could tell, but he put it in a purple strappy stiletto for scale. And I was <laughs> like, this is amazing and blocked him, of course. Um, so Instagram has gotten much better about that, but honestly, this is weird, but when you started showing up on my page more, and especially when we became partners, that stuff really slowed down. Mm. Um, so that was, that's been, um, super helpful. Guys are gross. Guys are gross. That's, and I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. (laughs) Um, but I feel like women are harder. Harder? Yeah. With the hate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, it depends on what I'm talking about. Like you said that I've handled some kind of de- divisive topics. What What are you imagining that these topics are that I'm oh talking about? Oh my gosh, where, where do I start the list? Um, oh, I don't know. Californians come into Idaho. That was one of our first episodes on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Could not believe how much uh, hate we got for that one. We got a ton of love, but there was a remarkable amount of people that were not happy about that. And there continued to be that. Well, the thing is, those people who hated it, did not they also hadn't listened. I don't know if you noticed that, because that podcast, we recorded that the first time we ever recorded a podcast that same day. But the podcast... But the fact that they didn't listen d- doesn't matter. The well, point I mean, that I'm they driving at is they show hate, and they were so vocal about it. So there's that. There's well, but I want to, because I don't want people to think we were like sending hate to like Californians. Oh, no. The point of that podcast was that we needed to hear both sides. There was a reason why people were coming. And there's also a reason why people struggle with it. And like we wanted to stay very neutral, but people were either angry that one, we were neutral and we weren't showing hatred towards Californians 
or that we were breaching the topic at all and that we weren't basically that we weren't just telling everyone to go home. They they were mad at that. And that was our first like bad reviews to like, you know, how dare you like act accepting or whatever. But um, a lot of people who just hadn't even listened to it at all. Yeah, that we were contributing to the problem. Um Religion, politics. Uh, well, let's be local fair, business. though. I don't talk a lot about politics. No, I think that you do talk about political topics, but I think that you thread the needle amazingly of not being partisan. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you're partisan, but you do talk about social issues that often get wrapped into political agendas. Sure, and yes, um, I would agree with that. There are certain things I think we should. Yes, uh, so I guess I would just say yes, straight that. But I don't. Like every political issue that comes up that I, I don't feel like I have to have an opinion because honestly, I feel like, and we've talked about that for our podcast, is there's a million people talking about political stances and why something should be voted on this way and why something should be voted on that way. And like we vote and we have opinions on that. However, I think what's needed is the conversation of how to have the difficult conversations, the crucial conversations around that. Because we could throw our thoughts on a lot of things and honestly, it's not gonna change anyone's mind because no one wants their mind changed. But I think people are interested on how do we get back to a place of communication and that is that I will talk about some political things like surrounding that. So before we segue into that as one of the main positives I think of encouraging thoughtful, inclusive dialogue and conversation. I just wanted to kind of stick a pin in the hate and how much I, I am, when I've read some of the comments that people have given you over the years and you could fill a book, you could fill a book with how many negative things people say. Now you could fill three books with the positive things that people say, Mm -hmm. but the negative, I cannot believe the things that people choose to get upset about or choose to lash out about, or um, insult you, or threaten you. You've gotten death threats. Mm-hmm. Our family has gotten death threats. People have threatened our kids. Um, people have said the the worst things to you. What was it that someone said once? Someone needs to take you out behind the shed and rape the liberal out of you. Yeah, that yeah. one stuck in my mind. Yeah, yeah, especially because he was like said it's a patriot and a man said that on his profile a man who professes to believe in jesus christ and be an idahoan threatened rape yeah because of somebody who didn't believe the same way as he did that like i guess that that's what what i'm saying is listening to all this it makes me ashamed of people yeah i i think you know we we were teetering for a while about like religion and what we were wanting to do, I mean, it'd been years where we were just trying to figure out how to stay with so many red flags. But for me, I could not, there's this, this Christian idea of by their fruits, you shall know them. And I could not ignore what I was seeing from people who thought it was private. Oh, and yeah. I, the, it was so, uh, it was so horrific and evil and vile and it always came from these same people who were, and I mean, oh my gosh, like I could, I could do so many podcasts of just the woman who called me out for pedophilic activity because she saw me take my kids to the, the salon. salon. You took pictures of them getting their haircut. But yeah, but you know, uh, we can take this out. I, I think the worst it got there's so much oh my gosh there's so much that's happened when I think about it I think the worst it got though was the summer with the hit and run situation and Mm -hmm. I I I don't know if you want to talk about that but like that's when I saw some colors I I just do you want to talk about that there was a woman another um uh social media presence in the valley that um was involved in a hit and run and a fatality ruined her life obviously ruined the life of the family the um, of the person that was killed, but you're talking about the aftermath and how yeah. you were so, kind of associated with that because you shared a name and you kind of look similar in yeah, some ways. Yeah, so basically, I mean, I'll just say her name is Natalie, and the the news the news presented it with um, Natalie and her last name um, involved in like a social or Boise social media influencer involved in like a fatal fatal hit and run. Well. Most people don't know my last name, and she does kind of look like me. And 
what happened to those two families was so horrific and I don't want to even for a second take away from the tragedy of what that was. At the same time, that week was one of the worst weeks I've ever experienced. I had no idea how vile people could be. Um, it started out with my friend, uh, Michael Bonacore sent me a text and saying, uh, do you know her? Like, this is all over the news. And I was like, oh my gosh, because she was on our podcast. Like, we weren't close friends, but we were friends. We were mm -hmm. all in the same circles. And she's a, a great person. And like, um, she's has a really thriving business. And then within like five minutes, I had like 200 texts or DMs. And the first wave was from people who thought it was me. And it was like, just vicious just I was going to hell, that I was the worst kind of human. And um, I was just like, what is happening? And, um, and even though it wasn't me, knowing that anyone would send these, and, and to be honest, most of these messages came from these people with these certain profiles. Anyway, so then I went out and I did a post and I said, listen, guys, I need to put this out here right now. Like, this was put in the news. It's an unfortunate way that they said this, um, but this is not me. This is, happens to be a friend of mine. Um, we don't know the story. Here's the, I update it with like the um, GoFundMe information for the family. And I said very clearly, this is not a place where we are going to excoriate anyone. You, if you leave a comment, on this page about anything involved here in the negative, like calling anyone out, I will delete it. And that made people crazy. Um, there were people calling me out um, for basically going to hell because I was supporting a murderer. Um, people calling out like that all influencers were basically like Satan and we were just the, and like, People were going crazy. Then people were starting to post on their own pages, like calling me out for just the horrendous person that I was because people were mad. Here's the thing. People get mad and get angry and they don't have the tools to work through it. And I had people calling my, my clients saying that they would no longer go to those businesses if I was not removed. Canceling you. Yeah. Trying it to was cancel like, you. It was insane. Um, and I cried a lot because I was going to the news things and reading what people were saying about her or thinking it was me. Um, oh yeah, well you can't, you know, in all influencers are just horrific people, just awful things. Yeah. And I realized like there was a problem that was much bigger than I could have realized, but also that it was coming from this same place and that, that, same Cannot place being in the same group of people. The, the same, same demographic same, of people. Same demographic of people, but also that this could not stand. Like, this could not stand. I had a responsibility to my community to, I, 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 this, it cannot, it cannot be, it cannot happen. Yeah. So that was a, that was, <laughs> that was a big trigger for it, me. It, remi it reminded me a lot of the pandemic and how people kind of lost their minds and, you know, show themselves in unflattering ways. I think that all of us reacted in ways that we look back and think, oh, maybe I could have done better. But yeah. yeah, fear makes people, brings out all their biases and their negativity and the negative stories that they have written in their heads of other people. Mm -hmm. And they feel like fear gives them the, I don't know, gives them the, the courage or the right to let it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great example of some of the awful things to deal with. And in my mind, I would just say that I loved how you were very kind to both sides. In a, a story like that particular one, it's tragedy all around. Um, tragedy for the, the victim, tragedy for the perpetrator. And I mean, because we know her. She's not a terrible person. And we'll just say it. She's not a terrible person. She was a good person. Mm -hmm. She made a terrible decision that had huge consequences. And that's going to affect her and her family for the rest of their lives. Um and that doesn't say anything to diminish the the impact to the family. They're both true. It's and, not or. Mm -hmm. You, it's not. 
And I think that that's what people have a hard time hearing is and versus or. You can support the family or you can support the victim, but you can't support both. And the alternative that I think that you said is you can do both. You yeah. can support her and them. Yeah. Um, so some of the positive. Well, and I will say some of the like you brought up the pandemic, the pandemic was awful, right? <laughs> you know, we all, it was awful. Um, at the same time, I was able to use social media to do so much good during the pandemic because I was losing it. And all, so as I talked about in, I think the last podcast, I kind of break everything down into what I can control and what I can't control. I could not control the pandemic. I could not control what was going on, but I could control my influence in the society or in our community. And, um, we did like months of food drives and sending people to restaurants to keep them alive. And like these, like I would, I, so many people came in to like help with these efforts. And it was like, I had people messaging me from around the country, like, can we do the same thing in our community? And oh my gosh, Idaho has been such an incredible example because I don't know why, but I had this feeling like really fast into the pandemic before really anything shut down. I was going to pick up our youngest at dance and I just had this really strong feeling. This was going to, the shit was going to hit the fan really, really intensely. And that same night I already had a graphic designer like creating our like, um, uh, Corona again. What was it? Corona? Why did I, what did we call it then? Community against. Community over Corona. Cause we didn't even call it COVID yet. We didn't even know. And, um, like so many people were like, what can I do? Because, there is this like group of people and and often very religious people too um that wanted to help and like wanted to go and that was so cool and um you know I I got some cool accolades out of that year even though that year was my I mean I made no money <laughs> in 2020 it was you know that was just the time when we all kind of came together to support businesses but like that brought me so much hope that after like seeing just the just the grossness and the vile of what that the pandemic brought out within our community we did just such cool things and I and I made friends through that because I saw people who were like I will put down everything and let's go and it's like you're my people let's let's you know so that part that's I mean just one tiny example of some of the just awesome things I've been able to be part of yeah to be able to use your influence to push some of these amazing causes uh the Ukraine effort, the coats, um, mm-hmm. that was awesome. The the food drive, I always think of, di- didn't you and the group that helped this food drive collect like over 4,000 pounds for the uh, of food for the Idaho Food Bank? Yeah, that was during, um, that was during COVID. Um, over 4,000 yeah, pounds, we, that's a lot we, of food. My that's goal awesome. was to fill my Audi because um, Audi's my sponsor. And, and I was like, we can fill this, let's fill this. And and then I asked people to help me to pick up because we picked up from people because we didn't want them to have to leave their homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two tons of food in one day. And that was like, that was rad because I was just thinking, this is real. Like it took, it, seeing that and seeing how much we brought and like, I was like, this is this is what influence is about. Like that's, it's those kind of things that, because you've heard me a lot of times, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out, I'm out because it, this job is not easy. This job is so not easy. It is so mentally taxing and to be this creative all the time and keeping up with trends and figuring out how to write things and how to deal with every direct message and like, and this isn't even my only page. And it's like, I, so many times I'm like, I could make the same amount of money, if not more. The hours you spend, I can't, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. It's hard for you. Hard for me sometimes. I know. I think kids. I've gotten better though, right? Like I feel like I've made yeah big strides in in balancing oh, and boundaries for time. For sure. But I think that that's one of the behind the scenes things that people don't see is how many hours you have to work to always stay on top of this. Man, it's a hard industry to make a dollar in and mm-hmm. to and to be in for a long time because. You've always got to stay relevant. And that's one of the things that I like about your page is how much you engage. You are a highly engaged host or influencer or whatever you want to call your, yourself. But um, that's a lot of time just responding to people behind the scenes to keep them, to let them know that they're heard. And uh, 
I'm glad that you you do it, but oh my gosh, I yeah. can't believe how much time it takes. I'm like Most the last don't. one who still responds to my own DMs. Like everyone's like, you've got to stop doing that. But it's just, I like that connection with, with people because it's and like. And I think that they appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, there, it's just, I'm just one person in the community. I'm just like, you know, everyone I'm responding to is just, just like me. I just happen to have a few more followers. So I don't know. I, I like that part, but. Um, how many times have you thought about quitting? Every week, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's there's things I I like, and I and I do like. That's a powerful comment to say that every week you think about quitting your job. Yeah. There mm. are things that hold me here. Um, if I didn't make any money at all, though, like at all, if I would never just do this for free. Like I need that too. Yeah. Um, because. I need to know it's valuable for my, like. I think that that's a fair trade. This is my career. Some some people might hear that and say, ah, I knew that it was about the money. And it's not. It's about value. And, like, we've got some friends that are so, so cheap that even for a dollar app, <laughs> they're not going to pay a dollar for that because they only value what's free. But I am convinced that people that people will pay for the things that they value with their time or with their money but i think that that's important is to is that correlation to show the value that you bring yeah. i don't know if i said that the right way well, I, I mean i feel like i could have said that better this but. is my career this is not this is not a charity um i i we have a family and we have a house and a mortgage and a re, we're in a we're moving into a recession it's like we we already went through a recession I felt the fear and panic of a one-income household when you were in you were in uh, commercial construction and had to take a thirty percent pay cut or whatever to go to residential. And I quit my job to be a mom, and I felt that fear of oh my gosh, like we don't even have forty extra dollars to you know we had to like take from our tiny what we have like a hundred dollars a month for entertainment and we used to have to take away from it, and I was like. Nah, I'm not doing that again. So, yeah, this is my job that I do yeah. to support my family. And it's awesome, and it does so much good, but I'm not going to do it as a charity. No, there's nothing of value that's free. There's nothing of true value that's free. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just in the digital world, but I think just in general. If it's good, it's worth it's worth something. Yeah. If you want it, if it's worth something to you, then show your value for it. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's the developing progress of social media is how do you monetize it, you know? And well, I'm glad that you haven't quit. Um, uh, as the person who's been by your side, I will confirm that it's been really hard, and I question it all the time why you do it. And, <laughs> and uh, I and do it because this is what I'm good at. It. I mean, I know that sounds – this is just what I do. It, it's I've done it for 15 years, and, um, you know, you get into a career, and you're – but, well – I'm a writer. That's what I want to do too is, I mean, I could see a day where I just am a writer or just a podcaster, but yeah. um, we'll see though. I do have a question. You, you mentioned like people coming up to you and asking you, what do you think people think this, this job is? Like, I think that they think that it's just the positive. It's the glamor. It's like the, what? it's the, it's being able to go to restaurants. It's being able to go to cool places. It's being able to be, recognized by other people in a positive way. I think that that's what they think it is. And that's all valid. They're that part too. And that, that is fun. true. <laughs> and there's a lot more. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. <clears throat> so, but I'm glad that you do it. And I think that you do it great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Maybe next time we'll get back to talking about uh new year's resolutions and our goals for this next year. Yeah. Why don't yeah. we record that? And then we'll produce this first or something like that. I something. like how we just like, we just called an audible. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it was probably a good. I think it was a good call because I am feeling a little, a little low. I think, uh, I think I'd maybe just like to mention, like, I think if I need to stay in it, just to help people be aware that like the people they're talking to on social media are real people, like. The audacity of what people say is just, um, it's just so unbelievable. And 
I don't, I just, I think we'll get to a point where we realize that our own pain and anger doesn't give us the right to speak to people just because they're public. Um, but I think that if I just left, like, then I'm, then I'm not able to continue that message. And that message is really important because um, this is how we talk now. This is how, this is how we communicate as humans is, it's social media. This is what it's going to be. And um, I would just ask maybe stop making it so hard to like just be a pleasant person there. Like just be nice. That's the call to action. Yeah. yeah. Just, just maybe just be Be nicer. nice and be slow to criticize. Yeah. And, uh, just uh, cancel. give yourself... Here, here, there's, I could do five podcasts about how to do this, but this is just, if you feel like maybe you're the person I'm talking to, when you have a feeling, step away from that, with that feeling and just hold it, just hold it and feel it and recognize that feeling, name that feeling and sit with it before you respond. Take some time to evaluate why you feel that way and then decide, is attacking with this feeling a good, positive thing? Or are you using your anger or your emotion to wound? And I think that if you, I think deep down, no one wants to be that kind of person who wounds others on purpose. I often think of it in terms of what do you really want? If you've been wounded and you're hurt and you're about to lash out at somebody, what is it that you really want and is what you're about to do going to get you closer to what you want or further away make it harder to get it and I think that when people act in a state of high emotion they often do things that make it harder to get what they really want which are often good things they want reconciliation they want to be understood they want to heal pain they want to do these things but how they go about it in high emotion gets them the opposite yeah. I think that it creates a chasm between them and the people who they're lashing out at whose behavior they do want to change. Yeah. So be nice people. I guess yeah. th that's the closing call. Yeah. Um, thanks for, uh, it's nice. I've been invited to have this conversation many times and I've declined, but thank you for, you are, I mean, you're my husband, obviously, but you, you're good at making me feel safe to talk, which oh. is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for, for coming, spending your time with us. So have a great new year, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at the Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time. The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.